Friday, we made it another work week. Hope you had a good day off yesterday. And welcome to today's version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. Today, we start Micah. And Micah is another minor prophet who is in the same time era as Isaiah. So the, the exile hasn't really taken place yet. So we're going to get some stern words from the Lord through Micah. And one of the things we have to remember is the Lord's people are being disciplined. And if you think about discipline, when we are disciplining children, and these are the children of the Lord, okay? Let's just kind of try to put that in perspective. A lot of times, because we don't want to punish them, we will speak sternly to them and we will speak words. You know, one of the things I think of often is when my oldest son was young and was into touching things after he was walking around and I would strongly say, don't touch that, right? And the one that I recall the most was the stove. And I would say, don't touch that. And I would say that really strong and enforceful, right? And he actually wrote a poem about his dad's booming voice, right? So, which was cool. It's cool. But you, you say it strong and it sounds harsh, but you do it for the for the right reasons because you don't want any harm to come them you know and like in this story my son doesn't listen and he touches the stove anyway and the burners are stopping at the time we had electric stove and he burns his finger so if we put that in perspective to the people of jerusalem or israel let's just say israel because right now the kingdom is divided, and most of Micah's message is for the people of Judah. However, he does talk about the northern kingdom, too, because we're going to get into that here in a second. He briefly mentions Samaria, and there's a reason for that. But we get into that because God's wanting to discipline them, and he wants to he doesn't want to punish. He wants us to have relationship with him. But God is just. And if you think about the beauty of heaven, there is no pain, there is no sorrow, there isn't any sin. He knows the day comes where he has to turn people away, right? So let's get into this. So we're in Micah 1 and 2 today, and it's, you know, it's all... Words of warning, pretty much. But what we really focus on is what 
how how did we get to this state, right? And so his big word is the Lord's coming from heaven. He's got his booming voice. He's coming out, and he's stepping on the ground with his feet. Now, you just got a picture of the, the, our big, big God. I mean, if he can hold the universe in the palm of his hand, and now just think about him stepping out, and the earth is his footstool. We know we heard that before. But he says, who's to blame for Israel's rebellion? Samaria, its capital city, okay? And then where's the center of idolatry in Judah? In Jerusalem, its capital. So we get this stuff started in the very epicenter of the divided kingdoms. So where this stuff shouldn't be happening is where it's happening. And that's where all the the bigwigs are, the leaders, the admin, the people that are supposed to be knowing better, right? The kings, the prophets, the leaders, that I mean that's that's where your admin is. So if we look at that from a business perspective, we that if a business is failing, we got to look at the top. You know, everybody wants to blame the workers, but what's going on at the top? You know, I know there's some companies that have massive turnover, and then they blame the trainers, they blame the workers, but then if they look at what's going on at the top in the hiring process, maybe they can find out that the practices from the top aren't good. And I know like in baseball, when they finally figure that out, that's when they turn over the top. And when they turn over the top, the GM, the managers, the ops managers, stuff like that, that's when they see change. And things start happening. So in this story, Micah is bringing to the forefront all this idolatry and stuff was originated right here in the center, epicenters of our, of these lands and in, where you should be teaching the covenantal God, you're, you're bringing them into idolatry and things like that. Now, here's what's interesting about this. You know, Jesus is born. We're going to get to the New Testament next month. But Jesus teaches us that it's far worse for the one that brings them, <clears throat> excuse me, that brings them into sin than, the, than it is for the one that sins. And so here we have Micah bringing the message to the ones that brings them into sin and how bad it's going to be for them. Because he says the Lord, the Lord's message to them is this. So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. <laughs> I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below, exposing their foundations. See, that's serious stuff. And he says, I've reached into the into Judah and even into the gates of Jerusalem 
And then he's like, don't go telling Gath to weep for you. You brought this on yourself. You're going to be naked and ashamed. Remember in Genesis at the creation, when we are sinless before the fall, we stood before God naked and unashamed. And when we are following God the way we're supposed to, that means we have nothing to hide and we can stand before him naked and unashamed. So really, Micah's word is really what Jesus is going to teach us later. And that is, don't lead people into the way of sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Follow the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which we learned way back in the beginning. What is the greatest commandment of all? Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is your God alone. The Lord is your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Woo, that's good stuff. And then Jesus comes later, you know, the Messiah. We've had all these messianic prophecies and says, Woe to the man. It would be better for him to have a millstone wrapped around his neck. And now Micah's telling him, Hey, look. If you're going to lead these people into idolatry and, and break the covenant with the Lord and you're going to lead them into sin, it's going to be really bad for you because the Lord's coming to trample you. Woo. So here's what happens. You know, I we're working really hard to get our uh, our you center done and and what's funny is you know my associate pastor's there with me shout out to him he works him and his wife work really really hard with me and i appreciate that and uh but the you know they bring their kids and they're toddler age and what's funny is um they're at the age where, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why that's happening today, but they're at the age where you have to correct them every now and then. And, you know, they're they're great kids. I love them to death. And they get hangry because we're there, you know, really past supper time. And I took their uh, space the last time we were there because I was cleaning that area and I, you know, I was trying to get it done before they got there and then they got there early. So we were quickly trying to get it dried up so we could get it set up for them again. And it's really cool because that's, that's exactly how I did it back in my day when my kids were young. And so we would correct the older one and, you know, just verbally correct him and he would he would get upset with us and just in a little toddler way and he would tell us i don't like that and so we would say something else and he would say i don't like that and you know then he would be in this this frame where everything you said he doesn't like even if you said let's get ice cream and and Pop-Tarts or whatever, you know, his favorite foods per se. I don't know if that's his favorite food, but I mean, you just say something he liked, but he would be in this thing 
where he was upset because you corrected him and he would just say, I don't like that. <laughs> and it was cool. Well, we finally got him a snack and, you know, he was, he was just hungry. And he ate a snack and he was all great. You know, and then we finally knocked off and went and got food. And, and, and that's what they needed really was food because they were great. And I got their area done and we put a, put everything back together and he was good. And they're both super good. They did super good stuff with us. They're never an issue. And never are kids an issue. We just got to put that out there. Kids are never the issue. We got to love our kids, says the man with seven. So. What am I driving at? Micah is delivering this message of correction to the people, right? Because he's letting them know exile's coming. Come on, let's, we got to turn back to the Lord. And he's given this harsh correction word to them that this is coming if we don't turn back to the Lord. Kind of like Jonah did to Nineveh, right? But this is to Israel and Judah. But here's how the people take it. They, they pull my little buddy's thing. I don't like that. And they start saying, don't say such things. This is in Micah 2. The people respond, don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. In other words, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. And so Micah's like, if you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting. You know, and really what we're trying to do is keep our little buddy out of paint or keep him out of slick floor. That was the big thing. I was in his area and the floor was slick because I had just mopped it and we didn't want him to fall and get hurt. And so if they would do what was right, they would find that it's comforting. Here's what we really got to understand. If we follow the covenantal Lord, and I was talking with my wife about this yesterday, we get so caught up in doing our own thing that we separate ourselves from doing what the Lord wants, that we find ourselves in situations that just stress us out. We've not included God in any of our decisions. We've not given to the Lord in any of our our time or our revenues or our ways. And so we find life just stressing us out. Where if we follow the Lord and what he wants for us, and we gave the Lord our time, we gave the Lord of our tithes and offerings, we gave the Lord of, of all of us. In other words, we put the Lord first, and gave him the attention of a, of a covenantal God, then we would find out that the stressors of life don't eat us up the way they do when we don't include God. I'm not saying life's going to get easier. I'm just saying that the stressors of life aren't going to eat us up the way they do when God's not in our picture. And that, we're going to find, as my wife and I have found, and, and I know my associate pastor has seen this too because we've witnessed it together, that when we give to the Lord what we're supposed to give to the Lord, 
and I'm talking of, I'm not just talking finances, I'm talking of our time, of our mindset, of our finances, of our hearts. The Lord does amazing things. So when the Lord sends a word, it is truly comforting. Why? Because he goes before us. And when he goes before us, we know that it's like going through thick snow. When the plow goes before you, you got an easier path behind it. And it's so good. So the people aren't taking the correction well because they don't have God in their life. And they're saying, don't say that. I don't like that. <laughs> and instead, Micah says, look, man, if you had me in your, if you had the Lord in your life, you would find these words comforting because he would have already blazed the trail before you. But since you don't have him in your life and you don't have this covenantal relationship with him and you go around doing the things that idol worshiping people do and you worship these these graven images and you treat people the way you treat people. I mean, when we don't have God in our life, we got to think about how we react and act to people. And in this case, they are stealing the shirts right off of people's backs. Well, I don't do that. Really, we don't do that. So the checkout person gave you too much cash back and you're like, oh, I needed that. And you'd walk off with it. Okay. Come on, there's things that we do that get us ahead that really maybe aren't the best, right? We evict, in, the, in Israel, they're evicting people from their homes and they're um, taking stuff from children of God that wouldn't be the right thing to do, all right? So how do we take things from, hey man, if we're not helping the kingdom and investing in it and we're not given to the kingdom of our time and of our resources and of our finances then we're taking it from those that are period that's what we're doing and so when we do that he says this is no longer your land but here's the thing remember god doesn't want to punish he wants us he's just trying to get us to see that the floor is slick and i don't want you to fall on it and he doesn't want to hear us say i don't like that what he really wants us to say is look israel one day you're going to get it and i will gather you this is in micah 2 verse 12 i will gather the remnant of you who are left hear this my remnant that keeps working with me every day. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen. And your land again will be filled with noisy crowds. We're getting ready to have an open house tomorrow. I hope it's filled with noisy crowds. And the Lord himself will guide you. See, we know that we prayed over this whole project the other day. The word came to my wife, and she said, man, you got to pray over that. You got to cast out any evil spirits. You got to cast out any bad stuff. 
anoint that place and so we did we gathered together and we prayed over that we anointed the building we prayed lord just have your way let this be your place so we know and that's what micah is praying for his people look you may not like this but the lord really wants to be in covenant with you and for the remnant of you that understands that he's going to gather you back and your streets are going to be filled again. So take this today on this Friday. Know that the Lord doesn't want to punish. Know that the Lord just wants to be in a relationship with you. And if we aren't giving the Lord a first place setting in our life, then maybe some of the turmoil we're facing in life is just trying to get our attention to say, hey, I have more for you because I love you. Have a great rest of your Friday. We'll see you tomorrow. God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my